0: Hey, Easter's Church Addis, Pastor Doug and Tasha here. We hope you guys are having a great week. We miss you like crazy and are looking forward to the day that we could be together in our building together. But hey, we are crazy grateful that we have these platforms to do church online. Would you take a minute and share? Let people know what's going on in your life, in the life of our church. Someone needs a dose of hope this morning.
1: Yeah, we want to just also say thank you for those of you who have continued to remain faithful in your giving, tithes, and offerings. Again, if you aren't already aware, church is open from 2 to 4 every Sunday. You can bring by your tithes, your offerings, or donations for our COVID uh, assistance. We're helping our city, helping those who are in need. In fact, uh, today... People will be coming to the church to receive food uh, assistance, uh, some people who just need some help. And so we want to say thank you for making that possible. I was reminded this week that we don't just give to the church, we yeah. give through the church. And your donations, your tithes, your offering help us as a church to continue to be faithful to our commitments. We're committed to ministering to our city, to our nation. We've got missionary partners that we continue to encourage and support financially. And because of your faithfulness, we're able to help them continue the ministry that God has called them to. So remember, you're not just giving to Eastridge Church at us, you are giving through Eastridge Church at us. And God's kingdom is being expanded because of your commitment and your faithfulness. So thank you for that. We also wanna just let you know that if you wanna make a food donation, you can do that as well. Again, two to 4 p.m. every Sunday afternoon, the church is open for you to come and make those this, those donations.
0: Hey, would you just posture yourself as we get ready to worship with Shay and the team this morning? Whether that's standing, whether that's sitting, whatever it is, but would you just attune your heart to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in us and through us as a body this morning as we worship? good morning Eastridge Church I'm so glad you've joined us and that we get to worship the Lord together I'm also super happy that I'm not by myself today <laughs> I've got Emily and Isaac, and Aby is running some sound I'm so grateful it's really fun to be able to have some other people with me I wish you were all with us too it's way better when we all can be together but he is still glorified when we lift our voices and worship to him so we're gonna do that this morning I hope you're ready let's worship the Lord together
2: sweet presence us with your presence
0: lord your word says that it's in your presence there is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore lord it's in your presence that we find peace it's in your presence we find joy it's in your presence that we find hope in your presence Lord that we find peace Lord I pray that you would cover us today that as we've lifted our hearts and our, our voices in worship to you that sweet offering that we have brought to you this morning God I pray that you would be honored that you would be glorified thank you Holy Spirit for meeting us here for surrounding us Lord, I pray that as we continue through the rest of this service, that our hearts and our minds would be in tune with what you're speaking to us, that we would know and understand what it is that you have for us today. And Lord, I pray that even as we we're finishing singing, Lord, that we would just stay in an attitude of worship before you today. Lord, we love you, we give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor. You alone deserve it. In your precious name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen, amen. Yes, I just want to continue to pray that way. Would you pray with me right now? God, we do pray as we've been singing. I pray, Lord God, that we would become more aware of your presence. God, that we would become more aware of your goodness i pray lord jesus that in that presence as we become aware and as we experience your presence that it would be true what shea has said today that people would find peace that people would find grace and mercy that people would find stability and security in your presence today god in the midst of everything that's going on in our world lord we recognize that our need is for you God, that you can bring stability where there is no stability. You can bring peace where peace is missing in our world. And so, God, I pray that right now, that wherever people find themselves this morning, God, that they would experience your presence in their lives today. God, we know that you have good things for us. God, that you desire to pour out your grace, to pour out your blessing on our lives. And so, God, I pray that right now, in this moment, as we pray, God, that people would experience the power of your presence at work in their lives today. We need you. God, would you open our hearts to receive what you want to do in us today. I pray, God, that our hearts would be open to your word. Lord, that you would continue to shape us to be the people you want us to be. God, our world needs the church to stand up and be who you want us to be, who you've called us to be, a bold church that declares the truth of who you are. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to do that. I pray, God, that our hearts would be challenged through your word today. God, may you help us be the people that you've called us to be. In the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Well, I want to just say thank you again for joining us. Thank you to Shea and the team for leading us in worship this morning. I really do pray this morning that you would experience the presence of God, no matter where you are, that as you watch or as you listen to this message today, that you would experience the goodness of God and His presence would meet you right where you are we are in the midst of our series on the sermon on the mount and today we're going to be transitioning from matthew chapter 5 into matthew chapter 6. if you've got a bible close by there i would encourage you to uh, pull up uh, matthew chapter 6 or whether it's on a device or uh, in an actual bible uh, we're going to be looking at the first four verses in matthew chapter 6. And uh, it's interesting as we examine this Sermon on the Mount. Uh, we've got to remember that those who are listening—they're on the hillside. They're listening to Jesus. They're—they're—they're they're, they're waiting to hear what's coming next in this address, in this sermon that Jesus is bringing. And uh, as we move into chapter 6, we begin to see that Jesus is outlining some spiritual disciplines for our lives. Remember, this whole sermon is about what it means or what it looks like for us to live as kingdom citizens, part of God's kingdom. And so Jesus begins to declare... Uh, He actually identifies three spiritual disciplines that he desires for us, not just to uh, participate in these spiritual disciplines, but to do them right and to live righteously. And so I'm going to begin in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, and and we're going to work through this methodically this morning. He says this in verse 1, Watch out. Do not do your good deeds publicly to be admired by Others for you will lose the reward from your father in heaven. So he's addressing this idea of uh, good deeds. And actually the original word there is righteousnesses. Yes, you heard me correctly. I pluralize the word righteousness because that's the way it is in the original context. This word is actually the plural version of righteousness or good deeds, plural. So as we live them out. Now remember, uh, last week we were talking about the importance of right living, that the response of our, the way we live our lives outwardly should be a reflection of what God has done through his son Jesus for us, And that inward change of our heart is then lived out in righteous acts. There's a, a verse that you may be familiar with. It says faith without deeds, righteous deeds or our works, these good deeds. Faith without righteousness or faith without works is dead. Well, we, we know that we're not dead. We are made alive with Christ. And Jesus is saying here, listen, there's a right way to do this. And there's a wrong way to do it, and he declares, "Do not do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. If you do that, you lose your reward in heaven." So, uh, as we continue to move into verses two through four, uh, we we continue to find Jesus declaring uh, the 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 first of these three spiritual disciplines. The three that he's going to talk about, we're going to spend the next couple weeks looking at them, are giving, prayer, and fasting. And so I want to invite you to begin today uh, three weeks of fasting in, I'm just teasing, I wouldn't put that on you, um, but if God would put that on you, and I encourage you to respond to that, but uh, we're going to get to fasting in a few weeks. But today we're talking about the spiritual principle, the spiritual practice uh, the spiritual discipline of giving. And you may think to yourself, There's a, is there a wrong way to give? Well, Jesus declares that there is a wrong way to give. And he begins to call out the hypocrites who are doing it wrong. And he's addressing the the right way and the wrong way. Uh, and, and as we discuss righteous living as an Appropriate outward response to the internal heart change of God that we have that comes through our faith in Christ. I want you to understand the big idea for this uh, within the context of giving that the heart behind your giving is of utmost importance that's what jesus is declaring in these verses and we're going to look at it a little more closely today the heart behind your giving is of utmost importance so in verse 2 we read that when you give to someone in need when you give to someone in need he declares Don't do it as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Let me pause there and let me emphasize a couple of times at the beginning of verse 2 and at the beginning of verse 3, we read when you give. I want you to hear this this today in this message that uh, it's interesting to know that there is no room given to a non-giver. No room for the non-giver. In fact, Jesus in this statement in the beginning of verse 2 and the beginning of verse 3 where he says when you give it's not if you give if you decide to give no he's already assuming that anybody who's going to follow him that anybody who's going to be a part of his kingdom as kingdom citizen that they are going to give this is because that is a spiritual uh spiritual discipline in our lives in fact The three spiritual disciplines that we're going to address, these were the most prominent practical requirements for personal piety in the mainstream uh, Judaism. And those, in that day and amongst those people, those three things were a requirement to live a righteous life. And so Jesus automatically assumes listen, I'm not here to tell you to give, I'm here to tell you how. To give how not to give and how to give and so that's what we're going to focus on today I want us to focus on the how so we have these verses when you give to someone in need don't do as the hypocrites do blowing their trumpets now we, we're not sure that the, the these hypocrites that Jesus is referring to, we're, we're not sure that they were actually going around blowing trumpets to bring attention to their giving. Uh, it could be that Jesus was uh, using some humor to get their attention. It could be that um, these hypocrites that Jesus is referring to, maybe there were people who were coming uh, around the, the time of feasts and celebration where there would have been trumpets blowing. We, we don't know the actual uh, context of this, what's happening here. But what, what Jesus is saying is, don't bring attention to yourself. You know, we, we would use uh, this term in English, don't blow your own trumpet, right? Don't blow your own horn. Um, and, and that's the idea here. And he goes on to say, that, I tell you the truth, that those who've done that, they have already received all the reward that they will ever get. And then he goes on to say, don't let your left hand know what you're doing. When you give, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Jesus is addressing this idea of, of minding your motives. Um, what is the reason for your giving? And as I mentioned before, what is the heart behind your giving? Uh, is there a, a hidden or a subtle agenda in your giving? Um, you know, uh, Matthew Henry in his commentary, he identifies this issue uh, in these verses as subtle sin. Why, why would he do that? Subtle sin, what, what's the idea here? Well, what he's saying is that is this. In appearance, uh, any act of giving would be considered or seem noble. It would be considered kind, generous. In other words, the average person who sees you, observes you or myself or anyone giving uh, some kind of gift, generosity that is flowing from our lives... If they're observing that they're not likely to accuse the giver of sin the reason is because what they see is the external and and on the contrary they they wouldn't consider that uh, that person a sinner but they would be looking on and they would be thinking wow what a generous gesture what a kind noble gesture that person is generous and that's the kind of response that we would get from people and yet If you tuned into the message last week, we were talking about how Jesus, in this Sermon on the Mount, he's addressing an issue that had become very common amongst the Jewish people, amongst those who were living according to the law, remember, the law-living, the law-based living, the rules-based living, and what he was addressing was an issue of the heart. He's saying, listen, you're living outwardly exactly as the law requires you to do, but in your heart, you're not in line. You're, you're out of line. You may remember the, the illustration that I gave when Jesus in Matthew 23 refers to, uh, refers to the, um, the, the Pharisees, sorry, lost it there, when he refers to them as hypocrites, and he says, you take such care to clean the outside of the cup or the, or the bowl, but inside you are filthy. There's filth inside. And he's saying, listen, outwardly, yeah, you're following the laws, but inwardly, your heart is not right. You're not in the right place. So Jesus is saying, mind your motives, know what's in your heart and and may the outflow of your life represent your heart for me your heart for god first samuel chapter 16 verse 7 is a perfect illustration of this idea or this contrast between the outside and what man sees and the difference between that uh, and what god sees 1st Samuel 16 we find that Samuel is getting ready to anoint uh, the next king so the king that would follow Saul we know that uh, the Spirit of God had left Saul and God was appointing a new king and Samuel was to anoint that new king and so um, God tells Samuel that it's going to be uh, one of the sons of Jesse. And so they begin to parade Jesse's sons one by one in front of Samuel. And Samuel is looking at some of these uh, young men and he's saying, Wow, this, this guy is strong. He's handsome. Uh, and he's looking at the outward appearance of these young men. And in verse 7 of 1 Samuel 16, he, uh, the Lord says to Samuel, um, The Lord sees not as man sees man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. He's telling Samuel, don't look at the outside. I'm looking at the heart and the man that I'm going to choose to be the king of my people is going to have the right heart. And of course we know that they go through all of the seven sons and and Samuel says, no, he's not here. Do you have another son? And they call David in. And we know that David is declared in scripture To be a man after God's own heart. And so we see this this contrast between the outward, what man sees, and God who looks at the heart. We also have Proverbs chapter 21 verse 2 that says, All deeds are right in the sight of the doer, but the Lord weighs the heart. You know, Jesus is warning us here against wrong motives. He's giving us this warning and he's saying, check your heart. Know what's in your heart when you give. Not if again, but when you give, why are you giving? What's the motivation behind your giving? Of course, we we see uh, the, this idea of sounding the trumpets so that everybody can see as they come and they bring their gifts. And, and that's an illustration of someone who... Uh, the The motive of their giving is so that others will see so that uh, you know they can others will think more highly of them, and oh wow, look at them, look at what they 're doing, look at their generosity, look at their good deeds, and think more highly of them than maybe they would have before so we we have this uh, these trumpets and this idea of uh, of the outward appearance and drawing attention to what you 're doing and then in verse three we have. This idea of don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So the question, the first question is, are you doing this so others will see and know? Or in, this, in verse 3, the, the question is, is this in effort? Are you giving in effort to pat yourself on the back? Are you doing this for an indulgent self-congratulations? Like, hey, I'm doing the right thing. I feel good about myself because I'm giving. And Jesus is saying neither one of those is the right motivation for giving. I just really started kind of internalizing these verses and thinking about meditating on these verses and trying to apply them to my life this week as I was uh, just contemplating what the message was that Jesus wants us to hear from this portion of. Of the Sermon on the Mount, and I was, I had my earbuds in, and I was listening to some worship music, and this song came on, and I'm telling you, the presence of God just so overwhelmed me in the midst of this, listening to this worship, Uh, and, and the message that came to me, the message that welled up in my heart as I was listening to this worship was this, I am blessed, I am loved by God, I've been forgiven, and there was nothing that I could do to earn that forgiveness. It was grace and mercy. I didn't do the right things to earn it. I couldn't. I couldn't gain God's love and grace and mercy and forgiveness, and yet God gave it freely i became so overwhelmed by the generosity of god i became so overwhelmed by the generosity of jesus to lay down his life for me i was i was just overwhelmed at this idea of how good the goodness of god that we were just singing about a few moments ago can i just tell you that that's the place that's the heart place that our, our gifts, our giving, our generosity, that that's where it should flow from. Not so we can gain the approval or the accolades of men. Not so that we can feel good about ourselves and what we're doing. But rather in a response to the generosity and the love and the grace of God that we have received. And that's what I believe Jesus is saying. That that should be the motive of our giving. That my generosity should flow from that place, and that when I see a need, when I see someone else who around me who 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 doesn't have what I have or who is in a place of need, that I should respond out of generosity, the same kind of generosity that I've experienced from God Himself. In verse four, the conclusion of this little portion of Scripture here on giving. Says, give your gifts in private, and your father who sees everything will reward you. It's interesting that rewards is talked about three different times in these short four verses. I want to be careful that this idea of a reward for our giving doesn't become the motivation for giving. Obviously, that would fall into that wrong category of of motives. However, this idea is a transformational truth about who God is and that God loves to give rewards. He is a rewarder. And and while that's not our motivation for giving, I I want us to recognize today that God is generous, that God does give rewards. In fact, if we go back just a few verses back into Matthew chapter 5, what we were looking at last week in verse 46, Jesus declares, if you love those who love you already, what reward will you get? He says, even the pagans do that. There's no reward for loving those who love you. Uh, And he's talking about, he's referring to rewards. And it's interesting that just now, a few verses later, we read about rewards three different times. Why is that important? Because our, our desire as a church is, one, to know God, and two, to make Him known. Can I just tell you that I believe that there are a lot of people around us in the city of Addis, maybe some of your coworkers, your neighbors, maybe some of your family members who have the wrong idea the wrong perception about God the wrong impression about God they don't truly know the character of God they don't know the goodness of God some of them think that he's you know like the mean kid over the anthill ready to just squash the ants if they do something as they step out some people have this impression of God that if i step out of line if i do something wrong that God's going to punish me can i tell you that God is a God who wants to reward that he's a God of grace and mercy and There are too many people who have the wrong impression of God. And so I want us today to look at this idea, this character trait of God as a rewarder. He longs to give good rewards, good gifts to his children. And and so I want us to look at this. It's interesting that rewards are mentioned three times in these four verses. He, He talks about how to lose the reward. He talks about how to get a reward from men. And he talks about how we get a reward from God. Now, I want to just ask you, which of those situations do you want? Do you want to lose the reward? Do you want to have your reward come from men? Or do you want your reward to come from God? I think the the answer to that is pretty obvious. And I want to just recognize today that in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6... We we read this in this great faith chapter. Hebrews chapter 11 is known the great faith chapter. And we read about all of these incredible men and women of God who had great faith. And how that faith was credited to them as righteousness. Jesus is talking about righteousness here in the Sermon on the Mount. And how we are to live our lives righteously in response to what he has done for us. And here we have in Hebrews 11, these men and women who lived out their faith and how it was credited to them as righteousness. And in verse 6, it says this, and it is impossible to please God without faith, fitting for this faith chapter. He goes on to say, anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who. Who sincerely or diligently seek Him. I want you to hear today that God is a rewarder of those who diligently or sincerely seek Him. God longs to reward your life as you live it in faith to honor Him. He rewards you. Now, I can't tell you what those rewards are going to be. I can't tell you that it's going to be financial. I can't tell you that it's going to be one thing or another. But God knows what you need. And He will reward you as you live your life to honor Him, to bring glory to Him. I want you to hear this this morning. You will be rewarded for your giving. This whole section of... The Sermon on the Mount is addressing giving and how to do it right. And I want you to hear this morning that God rewards us for our giving. But the way to receive that reward is through the gift that is given with the right heart, with the right motives. And that's that's what will bring God's reward. Obviously. If our hearts are not right, if we're doing it for the applause of men, guess what? That applause of men, that is your reward, according to what Jesus says. And and if we do it to get the attention of people, God says you won't have your rewards in heaven. And yet, if we will do it with the right heart, with the right motives, then God will reward us. And you can bank on that. That's a promise of God's word. That His rewards are available to those who diligently seek Him, and I want us to pray today. And I want I want to ask God to help us with these spiritual disciplines, that we would hear and understand His Word and know how to apply it to our lives. You may be thinking today, maybe maybe the thought crossed your mind as I was presenting the, these verses do people really do that for attention for the applause of men do people really do it so that others will see them and 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 think more highly of them can i just tell you that it happens more often than you than you might think in fact i can remember uh one one sunday someone coming to me with an envelope with an offering in it and they they handed it to me rather than putting it In the offering bucket and they handed it to me and they said hey this is from so and so they wanted me to make sure that i gave it to you specifically and so here is the offer here is their offering they just want to make sure that you got it uh specifically and and i i don't want to be judgmental i don't want i don't know all the context i don't know what was in the heart or mind that's for god to know and to see and and for him to 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 make right but For me, my first question is, well, why didn't you just drop it in the offering bucket? I didn't ask the question, but my mind begins to think, well, did they want me to know? Oh, hey, make sure Pastor Doug knows that I'm giving my offering to the church. The reality is this. It doesn't matter what Pastor Doug thinks, because I'm not the one who you're going to stand before in heaven someday. It's God. And God, he's the one who measures, who weighs, who looks at the heart. And I want to challenge you today to be be sure to check your heart as Jesus is encouraging us to do. Check your heart. And is your heart in the right place? Is your life lived as a response to the love, the grace, the generosity that God has bestowed on you? When we live that way, God's rewards are available to us and i believe that we become a light in the midst of darkness so that others can see what's going on in our hearts and come to know and glorify our father in heaven and i want to ask you to pray with me now and let's just check our heart let's ask god to help us to know if we're living with right motives and a right heart to bring glory to him God, to thank you for these few short verses And your challenge, Jesus, about giving and doing it the right way. God, I pray that if there's anybody who might be listening to this message and maybe they've not been a part of giving, maybe they've just backed away from this idea of giving, I want to encourage their hearts today. I, I pray that you would encourage their hearts today to get in the game that your your expectation is that we would live generously you're a generous god we are called to be like you and so god the the right response is to live generously your word says that that uh that you desire that we have uh, a cheerful heart in our giving and so god i pray that people would be uh, encouraged challenged to become givers to become generous if they're not already but in the midst of that i pray for all of us god that you would help us to examine our hearts Lord, I pray that in our giving, in this spiritual discipline of giving, God, that you would help us to have our hearts in the right place. Lord, I pray for each of my brothers and sisters today, God, that they would truly experience your presence in their lives, that they would come to know and experience your goodness and your blessing, that they would understand your grace and your mercy, the generosity of your love that was put on display for us in what Christ did. And Lord, I pray that as we internalize that, as we experience that, as we come to know it for ourselves, I pray, God, that our response would be right living. God, that we would learn to live generously the way that you have demonstrated it for us. Lord, I pray that as we do that, God, that you would build your church, build your kingdom, that you would influence our city and our nation for your kingdom, for your glory. God, we know that you've got good plans. God, that you desire for us to be a part of those good plans. And so God, I pray that you would help us to know how to live our lives on track, on mission, right, our hearts right before you. And God, that through us, that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I hope that you've been encouraged today. I hope that this message challenges you and inspires you. I wanna just encourage you again to share with your friends, share with your neighbors, your coworkers, that our services are available online. We've also got a, a devotional that comes out a few times a week on our social media platforms, on Instagram and on Facebook. I hope that those are an encouragement to you, that they, that they lift your spirit, lift your head in the midst of everything that's going on. And, uh, and perhaps that you would share those with somebody else that you think might benefit from that encouragement. We love you so much. I pray that you have an incredible week. God bless.